0: We save hard drinks in here for men who want to get drunk fast. And we don't need any characters around to give the joint atmosphere. Is that clear?
1: The name of the show is Whiskey Talking, with Paul and Steve. And we're doing, we're in day 28. I don't know if we are in day 28, but Improved the News is in day 28 of their coverage. That sounds accurate. Um, the, we're also, we for those of you listening to the podcast, we do a video version of this as well that you can find on YouTube. Um, and so you might, we're experimenting with some different things uh, for that video. So if you are watching the video, we're not exactly sure how it's going to look. We think that we're that you're going to see the improved the News website. We think that you'll be able to see me with my cursor pointing out things as I move around the screen. And I think the video is right here uh, of Paul drinking his coffee. You may or may not be able to see me in the video, which may or may not be a good thing. <laughs> uh, so the primary thing right now, man, we're like four weeks into this thing. It's crazy. Uh, Overnight shelling of Kiev continues. Nine humanitarian corridors agreed. The shelling of Kiev is the thing that, you know, we've all been dreading. Well, if you're in Ukraine, you've been dreading the whole thing. But yeah, the stories out of Mariupol, which we talked about a few episodes ago, are just horrific. Um, Kiev is probably. Ten times the size of Mariupol um, Mm -hmm. or more. Um, so if they if Russia decides to treat Kiev the same way with their medieval siege tactics, um, man, we're tens of thousands of people are gonna yeah. lose their lose their life. So
0: I had just heard where a Holocaust survivor, he was like 94 years old or something like that, was uh, in uh, Mariupol and was fell victim to one of the shellings. And it's like, man, the dude survived four. Concentration camps to have this happen to him,
1: yeah. So, the facts uh, Kiev authorities said that overnight shelling of the city continued on Wednesday, striking buildings in the Sviatoshnetsky and the wait, that's two. They just put the same word twice, didn't they? <laughs> no, they just spelled it a little different, yeah. Anyway, a couple of districts in Kiev. Those of you who are familiar with Kiev know what that is. Four people were reportedly injured. Um, Ukrainian deputy PM said nine humanitarian corridors were agreed for a number of towns and cities on Wednesday, but that agreement for safe passage for civilians from two Mariupol villages had stalled. She said 7,000 civilians were rescued the previous day. So that that's more medieval stuff. The, these humanitarian corridor, corridors are interesting because how do you, I mean, those are just so, you always hear they, they've opened up a humanitarian corridor, and then the humanitarian corridor is now closed because both sides are blaming each other for <laughs> ruining the deal, you know, and shelling each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing humanitarian about any of this, so. I don't even know no. what to say about humanitarian I mean, You, you got
0: to give it to the people that are involved in the humanitarian stuff because they're not, you know, gun-toting, you know, military guys. They're going in with nothing but the, you know, the stuff they need to get the job done.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Meanwhile, Russian forces bombed and destroyed a bridge in the encircled city of Chernihiv, the region's governor said now why that's an interesting one and that maybe uh tips me off as to what might be going on russian forces bombed and destroyed a bridge now why would russia want to destroy a bridge if you're the attacking army you want bridges because that's how you get your attacking your attacking military force to the place that you want to conquer right so yeah. we heard all these stories. My about uncle, did Brady. that during Vietnam. He did what? Blew up bridges?
0: No, he. Uh, well, yeah, he. They they built them, let the <laughs> let the military cross them, and then blew them up again. Ah, so they couldn't gotcha. be. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Sorry. So. Uh, so something's going on here. Maybe what your uncle was doing is going on. Why is Russia blowing up bridges? We heard all the heroic stories of Ukrainians blowing up bridges. The one guy in the early days blew himself up with the bridge um, that keeps the Russian forces. Yeah, from not, not by choice. <laughs> Why would Russian forces destroy a bridge? Um,
0: well, one, it's either a point of egress for the Ukrainians or two, it's. Maybe what they're showing the folks back home, you know, isn't what really is happening. They're doing it for propaganda reasons.
1: I've been seeing that. So those are good options. Another option might be, I've been seeing tweets uh, from obviously pro-Ukrainian people. They could be unconfirmed, could be propaganda. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But I've been seeing tweets that are Mm -hmm. indicating that the Ukrainian military is going on the offensive and that they're retaking areas mm. that had been previously taken by the Russians. I like that idea. I like that that idea better. So is the Russian forces bombing and destroying bridges some indication that they're now go, doing what your uh, uncle did in Vietnam, which is, yes, we want to get our military there, but once we've co- conquered an area, now we've got to hold it. And in order to hold it, we're going to need to blow up some bridges <laughs> to keep the other yeah. side from getting to us. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, so in Poland, where U.S. President Biden is set to arrive on Friday, its internal security and counterintelligence branch, the ABW, has drawn up a list of 45 Russian diplomats it suspects are working as spies. It has called on the foreign ministry to expel them. Oh man, it's like Cold War all over again, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, it's taken 28 days for it to start to
1: get really, really scary. Really scary. Yeah, that's that's for sure. That's for sure. So you know, you've I'm sure that the while the U.S. intelligence has been so good on this, we must have tons of uh, assets on the ground in Russia because we mm-hmm. you you know Biden's been pretty much sitting there calling russia's next move you know yeah just you know a day before putin even knows what he's gonna do right and you know that's a that's a total
0: flex too you know that's part of the reason why he's doing it we know what you're doing we know what you're
1: doing we know what you're doing you know and it's what uh, in hopes of stopping it you know like if Mm -hmm. like i know you're gonna i know you're gonna steal my lunch again karen and karen's (laughs) like no i'm not she was gonna since you caught her, (laughs) you're not going to, right? No, I'm not. Yeah. (laughs) And that's part of it. And then the other part was one of the things I've heard is that by revealing their plans, um, they were able to get, there are two things. One, they were able to get NATO countries on board more quickly and get the EU on board with sanctions more quickly. Because it takes a long time to figure Mm -hmm. out what sanctions and what technically has to happen and get agreement and all that. By projecting that they were going to invade, all that work had happened before the invasion. So that's why sanctions were able to happen so quickly and arms shipments and all that kind of stuff was able to happen so quickly. The second thing was, Mm -hmm. before Putin shut down the Internet in his country (laughs) and shut down the independent press, (laughs) Biden said Mm -hmm. they're going to invade. Putin said, no, we're not to people in Russia. Mm -hmm. And that was... Everybody in Russia got to hear that. Mm -hmm. Then he invaded. Russia invaded Ukraine. Mm -hmm. But now all the Russians are like, well, he lied to us. (laughs) Yeah. That all happened before he shut down the information sources. So there's got to be like in Russia, people just scratching their head going, wait a minute. The West said we were going to invade. You said Mm -hmm. we weren't. And then we actually invaded, which means you lied. So how can we believe what you're telling us now?
0: Yeah, and then conveniently, oops, no internet, <laughs> so right. uh, you can't.
1: You got to go word of mouth from here. But then this uh, is a good indication, like, okay, so we have spies, well, Russians have spies too, and they're historically really good at it, you know, you think yeah. of, uh, and you know, they're good at flipping Americans to become Russian spies, names like Aldrich Ames, uh, Tucker Carlson, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, the famous russian spies that you that you think of (laughs) it's no laughing matter dude oh yeah
0: i mean it is is funny that they pick the dumbest people to uh, make their
1: spies (laughs) but well you know remember the commercials protein gets out protein if you want to if you want to convince dumb people you gotta (laughs) you gotta get dumb people to be your spy yeah meanwhile germany's olaf schultz hiding in plain sight I don't want Russia (laughs) to invade Germany. I don't. But if they do, um, I will be able to pronounce those cities and names much better than I've been able to mispronounce the Ukrainian ones. Well, this is a, you know, a refresher course, a little crash course. Yeah. Meanwhile, Germany's Olaf Scholz reiterated his country would not support Ukrainian demands for a no-fly zone on Wednesday, saying that NATO will not become a party to the war. Uh, I heard an a aviation expert, a military, he's like a naval and aviation expert. Um, he didn't get interviewed very much during like the Iraq war, Afghanistan war, because those once the initial phases were done, those were, yeah, Afghanistan had some aviation, but they weren't, we haven't had in a long time a situation where sophisticated air forces have faced off against each other. So I think everybody's like, no. Everybody's for a no fly zone because they're thinking and they think it's top gun. They think it's uh, Iraq war was one and two. It's just like, they just think we just say no fly zone and that's it. We've talked about that before, Mm -hmm. but then once you explain it to them Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, but this might be a good place to insert. (laughs) (laughs) There's this great podcast called the The realignment and I'll, I'll I'll, uh, link the show that, that i'm talking about here um in the show notes (laughs) but the aviation expert was basically like the mike tyson equivalent you know everybody wants a no-fly zone until they find out what a no-fly zone actually entails so Mm -hmm. so another interesting thing is that this improved the news and y'all i i encourage you to go check it out Improvedthenews.org. i've had a lot of fun with it um one one of the things you oh, can I, I'm do. totally it'll it'll give you the headline totally showing this to my dad. Oh yeah, absolutely. It'll give you the <laughs> facts here. It also gives you the spin. So like the anti Russian narrative, and this is this hasn't changed much. So mm-hmm. they, they've been doing daily updates like this. And the the anti Russian narrative and the pro Russian narrative really haven't haven't changed. Um but they're interesting to read through. The anti-Russian narrative, which is pretty much 95% of the world has bought into, is (laughs) this invasion is an egregious violation of international law. Putin's ultimate aim is to restore the Soviet empire, even if it takes massive bloodshed and false pretexts, um, such as calling the 2014 Ukrainian revolution after a fraudulent election a coup. Mm -hmm. This unprovoked attack is the latest chapter in Putin's Orwellian, Orwellian attempt to rewrite history, and then the pro-Russian narrative: NATO and the U.S. have ignored Russia's security concerns by breaking its promise not to expand eastward in return for German reunification. These concerns are legitimate, and taking them seriously would have avoided the Ukraine tragedy. I think what's the thing that's missing here mm-hmm. is you can have you can believe what I just read, right? Mm-hmm. And I it, there's no hundred percent one way or the other. History yeah. books will try to sort this out, and there will still be disagreement hundreds of years from now. You can believe that NATO and the U.S. have ignored Russia's security concerns by breaking its promise to not expand NATO eastward in return for German reunification. You can believe that. Mm-hmm. These concerns are legitimate, and taking them seriously would have avoided the Ukraine tragedy. You can, you can sort of believe that, too. You can sort of say, hey, NATO kind of screwed mm-hmm. this up. The West kind of screwed this up. You can believe that. And you can believe mm-hmm. Putin still didn't have to invade Ukraine. And I, <laughs> I think that's the nuance that kind of gets lost here. And it, Jeff Woods pointed that out to me. And in some messages we were shooting back and forth is because I was asking him about some of this Ukrainian, like this, this whole idea of the 2014 Ukrainian revolution, uh, the narrative, the anti-Russian narrative is that there was a fraudulent election and some people revolted and got rid of the fraudulent president and replaced him with a democratically elected president right Mm -hmm. and there's plenty of evidence that it's not that cut and dry right yeah um and you can have arguments over that 2014 revolution how much was it backed by the us and the west and how much was it an organic movement and you can have nuanced arguments like that but they all end with does that justify a full invasion to include reducing cities to rubble and killing thousands and thousands of people, including kids. Like I can't imagine an interpretation of what happened in 2014 and everything that's led up to now. I can't imagine an interpretation that's justified, Mm -mm. that justifies this invasion. So, you know, that's, that's the thing that's missing from the spin, I think. And then they always include the nerd narrative. (laughs) <laughs> there's a 15% chance that Kiev will fall to Russian forces by June, according to the meticulous Prediction community. You know what's interesting about that is um, back in late February, early March, this was saying there was a 75% chance Kiev would fall to Russia Russian forces by the end of April. Mm-hmm. And now it's saying there's only a 15% chance that they'll fall to Russian forces by June. So this is a group of really smart people. Uses some AI to do some prediction Mm -hmm. algorithms and stuff, which is like just it just shows you how wrong, how nobody, any anybody who's sitting there like, oh yeah, I saw all this coming. I knew Russia would have trouble. You know, it's like
0: no, Mm -hmm. no, you didn't. No, I'll go on record as saying I thought it was going to be a landslide. Oh yeah, we we were thinking three days they'd be they have they'd have the country in their hands. And that doesn't yeah. seem to be the case. So, I
1: remember me saying, me, I was even questioning, like, will there even be an insurgency? Will there even yeah. be resistance? You yeah. Know? We were like, know. ah, they're
0: they're calling their bluff. It's a flex. Don't worry. it's a, they're,
1: Nope. There's a flex, all right. All over the place. In the words of the great philosopher, Ruth Langmore. I
0: don't know shit about
1: fuck. The other thing you can do with Improve the News, by the way, is once you get past the headlines... Or actually if you go back to the headlines you see that you go down here um and there's all sorts of different stories right Mm -hmm. um over here on the political stance establishment stance there's lots of there's lots of different there's writing style um depth shelf life recency um and you can just play with those sliders and it'll show Mm -hmm. you So if I slide the political stance all the way to the left, you start to get stories. Once you get past, like if I click on world, you start to get stories from the Mm left-leaning sources. And if I slide it all the way to the right- Hang on your butts. I get stories from the right-leaning sources, right? (laughs) if i put it like right in the middle you get a nice mix right yeah the other thing i could do is i click this little split button between left and right and it'll show you here's what the left is saying gop senate you know the senator's case against kataji brown jackson she did her job uh and on the right they're talking about russian armed forces reportedly capture 15 humanitarian workers you know it's mm. so hey everybody thanks for listening Uh As you can tell, Paul and I are are trying to get back into the swing of things. Uh, We're experimenting with some new stuff. Um, We're putting it all under the umbrella of whiskey talking for now. We're putting some things on YouTube. We've got two different feeds going, one dedicated to whiskey talking, and we continue to put things up on the Don't Panic feed. Um, However you have found us, we're glad you did. We know there aren't that many of you. We probably know each of you by name and probably some (laughs) secrets about you. (laughs) That you wouldn't want us sharing. Uh, That having been said, um, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, you're getting frustrated with something, uh, you disagree with something, you know how to get a hold of us, Facebook Messenger, uh, go on the Don't Panic uh, Facebook group, shoot us an email, call us, whatever it is. But one of the things that would really help us a lot, we're doing this as an audio blog. Uh, mainly and we just enjoy mm-hmm. doing it we enjoy learning the tools we enjoy been doing it for years been doing it for years since 2014 man uh, since the last time russia invaded Ukraine. <laughs> um so uh but we talk all the time oh man wouldn't it be nice to have a few hundred listeners we're not looking to get we'd love to get rich but that's not the thing we're hoping for here <laughs> um we don't think we're going to get the we're not going to be npr right We're not going to (laughs) be radio lab, but it would be nice to have a few hundred people who tune in every day. And we think it would make the show better because we think we would get more feedback from people that says, Hey, don't talk about that, but talk about this. Um, so please share it on your Facebook, uh, feed or Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is you do. Um, like wherever you happen to listen to podcasts, hit the like button, leave a review if you're so inclined. Um, What is it you do on YouTube? Like, comment,
0: (laughs) subscribe, and hit the bell button so you don't miss a single video.
1: Go ahead and do that right now. We'll wait. Okay, thanks. Uh, Yeah, but anyway, thanks for listening. That, uh, once again, was the whiskey talking.
0: there you are your your cursor is just very tiny
1: my cursor is bigger oh, than
0: yours yeah gee
1: i don't think the size of the cursor matters <laughs> where you point it